wheeze, 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 ma. This is Alistair Hill of Critical Ditto, speaking of his own volition, and certainly not under duress from an evil whismer with the capacity to affect sound quality. The slight audio problems in the following episode are all from Ali's ineptitude as an editor and have absolutely nothing to do with any maniacal plans to take over the world one podcast at a time from said evil whismer. Listeners of Critical Ditto, there is no reason to be alarmed that all of your favourite podcasts will soon be overruled by an evil dictator posing as an adorable tiny pink Pokemon. (laughs) To be honest, even the sound problems in the following podcast are minor. There were mainly just a few clicks here and there, and the fact that Ali had to record all of his audio again because the first recording was unusable. Please enjoy the episode and ignore that this ever happened. Yours, Alistair Hill. Is that good enough for you? Is that what you want? (laughs) Weezma, Weezma. Welcome to Peter Caldito, the, the new podcast by me, Pete the Scullopy. I, I, I got rid of the others. They were weak and made stupid jokes. It's very serious now about me and my mind palace and dark things. Welcome my guests today. On my left we have... Well, you know me very well, PT. I'm <laughs> Kenneth, but some people in another world know me as Ali. I believe you might have met my Dartrix called Bowtie, my Magikarp called Moustache, and I don't think you've met yet my new Salandit buddy called Hoops, but they're going to help me discover why I come here all the time, why you and Tuki exist, and other weird things about me. Uh, I'm Theo, uh, otherwise known to some humans as David, who has a very different voice to this, and uh, I have a Meditite a Swaddle, a Kabuto, and a Togekiss, and I am here to continue my furthering knowledge into the strange poker powers of Kenneth Mullet. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm Brandy. I kind of get the voice of someone called Tom in my head every now and then. Uh, I've got a Baneri called Wimpy. I've got a Skaroopy called Gary, and I've I've got a Munchlax called Snorleone. And I'm really I'm really not sure why I'm here at the moment. I'm not really sure where I am. Yeah, Pete. Why don't you tell us what we did last time, just to jog Brandy's memory a little bit? Sure, let me conjure my mind palace powers. Is the podcast really called Peter Call Ditto? It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible name for a podcast. <laughs> Previously on Critical Ditto. You find your way to booth B4, and there's someone in there. My name is Cassius. Cassius shows you his trainer card, which does indeed say Cassius Flash, S-rank trainer. I'm really sorry, this is actually our carriage. I can't be out there. If, if, if they come and see me, they're going to say, no, get back to the trainer lounge. Inspection begins! Two people enter the, the passenger car. Kenny, your sister, and Melissa Muller, in full train garb, begin inspecting booths on the other side of the passenger car. 
Please, Mr. Uh, Cassius, I, I need to hide, please. If I'm hiding, he can have my ticket. Oh my god, so we swap tickets? Yes. Yeah, so please. Kenny gets the S-Class trainer lounge ticket. Yes! Your inspector... Bobbert Billy. Random poker powers inspection triggered. Bobbert gets out this small device, a Team Helsing-like logo on it. There's some noise and commotion and a shout from the other side of the passenger car. From the device that is on the passenger's forehead, it becomes quite clear that she had also done a random test, and this test had come up positive. Her eyes look a bit like a meow stick. My sister's rounding up people like me. Brandy's gonna run out into the corridor. Stop hurting that woman! The woman, there's something in her, this darkness starts growing, fires this psychic pulse, strikes Brandy square in the chest. You're not unstable, but you're like, not okay. Perhaps we should find somewhere where we could talk as just the three of us. back into the action on the Nidorient Express. Or so we think. Because we are in a strange mirror world. We are in the medical car of the Nidorient Express, now steaming away from the town of Pyrenile, only everything's flipped, everything's a little different. We have a hazy reimagining of this medical car, in which Kenny has conjured his own mind palace, and brought with him, for the first time, the complete cavalcade of Theo, Brandy, and himself. Kenny, we're looking at this mind palace. We know it's an alternate reality version of the medical car in which we were in. But I'm I'm so I'm so fascinated by the idea that it's your first voluntary time. And I'm just wondering what if anything is different? How does it feel? And how do your compatriots feel? Um well in terms of what's different and how does it feel, um I think last time Theo described it as kind of walls of oily black darkness dripping down from the sides. I don't think it's that anymore. I don't think it's foreboding and intimidating and scary. I think it's now very calm, very open. That's the sort of sense that you get now. This bench that we've we've conjured up looks quite inviting. Um, and I think what's telling is that Pete and Tukey are there and are present, but they are not in control anymore. Kenny is in control. You know, Pete is not intimidating and scary and Tukey is not trying to hold him at bay. Instead, they're they're placid and they're waiting for Kenny to make the first move. I think that's the biggest change. Do they have Kenny's haircut? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. to show that they're under your control now at this point. They've, they've now got yeah, Kenny's yeah, yeah. current... Barnet. Did they did they wake up one day and now they've got the haircut or did it slowly grow? Was it sort of like a you know Pete's Pete's just brushing his teeth it's like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> exactly Tuki. exactly what happened Tuki, come in come in here Tuki. Tuki. What, what do you want are you loving this or are you loving this what is what the hell has happened to your hair you've got one too but no I keep my hair very oh my god my hair my beautiful tufts it's now a huge bush. Tuk, try try shaving it. <laughs> Tuki takes takes a razor, shaves right down the middle, and it just it just won't go. They try everything. It's like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. There is a huge yeah. montage where they use hammers, they use chainsaws. You know, they try and burn it off. Most of these are pizza. Yeah, ideas. Exactly. 
Exactly, exactly. Took, took. Let me let me use the C4 on your head. It'll work this time. I <laughs> Captain Tukey already blackened and bruised from all the other plants. No, Pete, I think we've just got to accept. This is our new haircut, okay? I really like the idea of um, them lighting C4 and a little explosion going off in Kenny's head and him in the real world just going, oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so basically, in short, it's whatever Kenny wants it to be right now, and Kenny wants it to be nice and calm and quiet. Uh, we did establish that last week that if you sort of imagine something there, it kind of forms, and I think that can happen if we want it to. Uh, so w- when we summoned things in the past, wasn't there sort of an even cost that we had to pay? So when we summoned monsters to attack... A law of e- equivalent exchange. Yes. <laughs> An original idea, not stolen from anywhere else, but I think that we had like sacrifices <laughs> we made when we went to battle with Pete back on the beach. Yeah. Yes, you sort of, you summoned memories, didn't you? That's what gave you um, power in the Mind Palace. So yeah, Pete and Tuki are, are there. They're like spa, spa attendees at the moment. They're, they're giving out hot towels. They're giving you, uh, they're trying to give you a little foot massage, fanning you, um, clipping your, your horrible broken nails. Brandy, I promise it's not always like this. This is absolutely mental. What is going on? Theo, this looks very different to the last time you were here, no? The last time you were here? I kind of preferred the oil, if I'm honest. I like the mild threat. Oh, we have oil. We have plenty of oil. We can bring in the oil. No, we don't, we don't need to bring in the oil. Thank you so much. We don't need to bring in the oil. That's very kind. But um, no, I just wanted to... This is lovely. It's great. But no, Brandy, you'll get used to it. I don't know if I will, but thanks for the vote of confidence. She's looking through a, a, a shelf full of essential oils. I mean, this is actually not bad. There's a, there's a, there's a little pyramid marketing scheme. I think I think Tukey rather than Pete actually would be in a pyramid scheme. I think Pete would see through <laughs> yeah. it. But Tukey's like, oh yeah, would you lo- would you like to invest? I, I swear it is it is very good, and you know we could both get very very rich on on my palace dollars. Okay, thanks guys. Goodbye. And they puff out of existence. And Stuart bows out of the seat. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good day. So Brandy, you know when I kind of pass out and go all weird and spooky and do weird things? Yeah, regular, regularly understand that. Yeah, well, this is where I come to when that happens. Oh, so this is where you come to. It's a lot more chill than I thought it would be. I, I don't know why, Kenny, I pictured sort of fire. I pictured a lot of ghosts. That would have been cool. Well, we can add those in if you want. But no, no, I'm good. No. It used to be a bit like that, but I've kind of come to terms with my dark void, if you will, which, by the way, is the name of the power play that I'm calling this, seeing as we're basing them all on Pokemon moves. Great. Ali, that's wonderful. I'm I'm really happy with that. Uh, sorry, Stu, Tuki and Scolopede aren't in the scene. <laughs> I, no, I apologise. I'll be... Uh... <laughs> um, and now... The good and bad parts of me that used to control this place, I've kind of got them under my control. Thanks mainly to you two. You, Theo, helping me come to terms with my weird powers. And so that's why I thought it'd be a good place for us to 
to talk, safe and uninterrupted, about this train, about where we are and what's happened. We don't have to be here for very long, but at least all we've got to do is deal with my weird spectral two-cannon and scallopede. And also the fact that the floor's turning to lava! <laughs> Roll your dices! <laughs> Roll I'm, I'm sorry. I would... Shut up, Stuart. Just <laughs> shut up. I mean, I think that's a good idea because, you know, I, uh, I I recently ran headlong without really having a plan and it didn't go it didn't go very well for me mm. uh, so I think we should probably we should probably make a plan of action what are we here to do how are we going to achieve our goals yes, exactly a powerpoint by branding <laughs> <laughs> it just magically appears behind me and I'm like what I didn't even a little paper clip pops in it's like those mid 2000s you know where the words are just like wavy and yellow for no reason they just spin in like welcome what? to my presentation <laughs> book Right, okay, I seem to have a laser pointer as well. Okay, well, here we are. Wimpy just dims some curtains that have appeared. Nice. Like, <laughs> bad, bad. So we're, we're on this train, and we're here to protect the church car, the Church of Slaslow. Click. <laughs> What's on the next slide, Stu? <laughs> uh, the church car. I think I think there's a sort of an image of the, the public area of the church car. Feel free to stop me, David, if at any point you're sort of like, uh, actually, that's not how I envision the church working. But I do see a section of the church car definitely open to the public. Mm. Um, possibly in this section, you might see little alcoves where you have um, acolytes or potential acolytes studying for these entrance exams to become E's or potentially even I's. Like, like now, re- David, remind me, before you were excommunicated, were you an I or were you an E? I think I was an I. I think I was I an I. I think you were an I. Yeah, you were I quite, yeah. You were like sort of above, you know. Above some people, so sort yeah, of a regional there, manager. A pe- <laughs> exactly, yeah, a, da- a David Brent, if you will, <laughs> a Michael Scott, oh, or a Michael Scott, indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, there was you know people studying in these alcoves, and although the the act of the studying and everything is is quite open, you can see um, they're actually kept at a distance so that people can't sort of lean in and actually read what's on the books. It's almost like yes, they're learning and they're doing stuff, but that is protected. That is a protected thing that the church is doing. You know, you can watch it like a, a aquarium or whatever, but it's not something you can participate in. So I sort of feel like that's there in a public space. Is that is that sort of conducive with with what you're thinking? I think that works. Yeah, yeah. I think it could. Yeah. I think it could also sort of function as kind of like a hospital chaplaincy as well, because I imagine that on long train journeys, maybe people just kind of want to sort of seek like a general religious balm and it's general sort of like neutral religious advice but at the end of the day they are like so how are you feeling about maybe joining the church after this like, this is pretty great so it's almost it's like it's like a scientology exam where they kind of like test your test your positivity <laughs> and stuff and like there's your readout oh you should definitely join look at that oh. test your plusles and, and and minims your plusles and minims yes yes yeah so here we are we need to protect this car we need to protect this car from Team Nautilus. Is everyone with me so far? Kenny, are you all right? I know it's a lot of info. And Team Nautilus are the ones oh who my God. hate me or all of us. No, they hate all of us. Team Nautilus hate everything and everyone mm. in the world, especially... They're the ones with the big octopus thing. Yeah, yeah, especially the church. They especially hate the church. They're the ones you saw the dream about that you mentioned to us about that. Oh, with with the claw. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also Gary Smoke, the person that we have all met and would be a useful icon to refer to. But that's that's just me. That's just how I would do it. But that's it's fine. Of course, Gary was there. <laughs> yep, Theo. Comments, comments can be done at the end, end of the presentation. Interesting, because we're on the church side. But okay, no, that's fine. You just you keep going. No, yeah. next slide. Click. And no, this no, actually, this next I, slide. I do have one question that Theo uh, might know more click. about. 
click back to the other slide. Theo, do you have any idea about what we might be protecting? I mean, in an ideal world, it would be one of the books that gives us an answer to the King's Rock. But at the same time, Piranal is a city full of ancient treasures, and the Conclave is a city with an interest in all areas of academia. So it could really be anything. It could be the study of early Byzantine formia, as I've previously mentioned, or it could be the study of just Please, about anything. Theo, we don't need to know more about the ancient Byzantine formia. We've it's either Byzantine the... formia or it's male combis. You make your choice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Theo, this... did, did Theo write a thesis about male combis? Is Theo the world expert? Theo has written 13 theses, but only one was published, and it was the one on male combis. <laughs> I was having a think about what the what the ranking systems in the church meant, and sort of fleshing them out a little bit, and I came up with this idea that an A is an acolyte, they're very new, they're very, you know, they're just they're just joining, they're getting their started. Uh, then an, an E is uh, an erudite. Um, and they are people who have amassed some knowledge and actually have sort of moved up a little bit. And then the eyes are the intelligentsia class. And what, what you need to have done to become an eye is to become more specialised and know something about one particular subject more than anyone else in the church. And I think maybe we've just found out what Theo's is that allow Theo to become an eye. And it's the male combi thesis. Oh, it's so useful as well. I have a feeling that when I was submitting my thesis to, to Canaan at the time, I was like, I'm going to do it on the King's Rock. And Kanan was like, oh, somebody else has already got that. And then just in the back of the room, I could see Adri Vavonsk just uh, yes. found a book <laughs> on how to find the King's Rock. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and and, and Adri, Adri's just like, Adri's like, it's over 600 pages. But you can see he's filled so much with like pictures and like giant font. <laughs> it's like, oh, I knew so much on that subject. Fine, I'll do male combis. <laughs> or I just ran through 13 other subjects, all of which had been taken by other people who didn't like me. And the only one I had yes. left, the only speciality I had was male combis. And I got so <laughs> into it. I didn't even care about male combis at the start, but by the end of it. What, what was the conclusion? What did you conclude about male combis? Well, you have to read the thesis. <laughs> At the end of the thesis, I think I came up with a profile of IVs, EVs, moves and equipment on a male combi that would mean that it could take on the Elite Four of Formia, if you so chose. Wow! <laughs> you can do a solo male combi run of the Elite Four. I'm one of those YouTubers that does a can you beat Diamond and Pearl with a ditto, except I did can you beat Critical Ditto with a male combi. So, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, I lost. So, I lost track of your presentation, Brandy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so going back to my question, we could be protecting anything in that cart. I thought yes. we knew that they're going for a tome. I thought Candy had told us that the that it was a tome that they were after. Well, we know they're going after a tome, but I don't think we know that the tome's on this train. That's. I think that's more. Yeah. I think the informant that Candy had um, extracted information from. Um, had told her that, that Nautilus were after the tomes um, and that they were going to try and target one that they thought was on this train. But, okay. But in fairness, I don't think it's... It's never been conclusively proved. You, you know, you didn't see the tome going onto the train. You haven't been... Yeah. You know, anyway. So we can't we can't say for sure whether it's there, but I think it's fair to yeah. assume... And as you were saying, Stu, like, that was the public section of the church car, but there's a very private part of the car that we, oh, yeah, we, we, yeah. Couldn't, we couldn't have even tried to see what was going on in that section yeah. of the car and that's what we really need to protect no well brandy's yeah. brandy's pulled this this image from you know from what we've um, seen smiggle, smiggle images like it's yeah. just you know it's, it's 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 where they can they can just get into the car and, and take little touristy pictures so yeah obviously you wouldn't see the hidden the hidden sections mm. okay so now we need to 
find a way to protect this car from the attack of Team Nautilus, who we've discussed may have the former Pokemon champion Gary Smoke helping them out. Thank you very much for that intel, Kenny. We really appreciate your undercover work. You're welcome. Next slide. Click. Picture of Melissa Mullet. Is it from her Facebook page? Yeah, it's her Facebook profile. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, has she unfriended me? <laughs> I've been unfriended. Oh, quick. Switch to my profile. Switch to mine. Okay, we switched to Kenny's profile. Has she unfriended me? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All we know is that Melissa Mullet is on this train that is also about to be attacked. And she's a good friend of mine, or at least I thought she was, and also sister of Kenny. And Kenny's main thing is he wants to protect his family, okay? Another problem is that Melissa and the train inspectors seem to be rounding up people with poker powers. Again, sorry, Mr. Mullet, but that's you. So we need to now find a way to protect the church car without drawing attention to Mr. Kenneth Mullet and his odd Pokeball powers. Are we all following me so far? We, we are, Brandy. Um, And this worries me. I mean, Melissa knows I have these weird powers. She's seen them. Everyone in my family knows about it. So unless she's kind of resented and hated me for these my whole life, this surprises me. Or maybe she's following orders. And to be honest, I'm not sure, sure which one's It's better. amazing what people will do to people that aren't a member of their family, even when they excuse it in a member of their own clan. Take it from someone who knows. Very wise, Theo. But as I said, comments at the end of the presentation. And as I said, I have a thesis. (laughs) (laughs) Next slide. It's a blank slide. And it just says... It just says, insert title here. And she's like, oh, skip through, skip through, skip through. Wait, what was that last one? Was that a holiday picture? No, no, right. We're putting the slides. Gary on the beach? What? (laughs) We're putting the slides away. Putting the slides away. Is it them on the Archipelago Islands? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Having a great time. (laughs) <laughs> Brandy's looking really into it But you can already see that Gary's slowly trying to remove an arm From, a, from the picture. Yes. <laughs> it's that meme where the guy's walking And he's already looking back at someone else <laughs> and like, That's it Brutal, that's it. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, Poor Brandy uh, um, So yes, that is currently what we know And I don't really have any ideas Of how to protect the train car As we don't know what Team Nautilus are going to do So I would suggest that what we should do is go on a recon. Well, we do know one other piece of information from from Kenny. Okay, Theo, I will take I will take comments. Okay, Theo. Although Team Nautilus does have Theo, please hand. raise your please raise your hand, Theo. Theo raises their hand, not one to combat combat order. Theo, uh, <laughs> Theo keeps their hand up and just waits for Brandy to offer to to take. The no question. one else has any questions. I actually have a question. Can you go back to that beach picture? Absolutely not. So we'll take a question from Theo. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brandy. Uh, this is Theo, a I in the Church of Slaslo. Thank you for taking my question. It's kind of a three-point question, really, but I'm actually, what I was going to say, can you tell us one thing about the Team Nautilus powers that we do know? We know that Gary Smoke has been given a hindered team of Pokemon. We know that uh, this person with a claw is a member of the team who seems to be in control of the gigantic auxiliary that we met on the beach. And we also know that their leader... Uh, who might also be the girl that he has been sent to find, has control over the weather. That's all we know. But we can presume that if they are in control of the weather, meteorological effects will somehow be used in this. Very good points. Very true. So, do we think we should check out the train, the church's train carriage, just to do a little recon to see what we need to protect? Or do we think we need to sort of maybe go onto a roof of a train car of some kind to see if we can find any adverse weather effects? Or we need to go somewhere where we can do both, like an adjacent car. Mm. Maybe the observatory car. I think you're right, Brandy. I think ultimately we need to know more about what's in that church car. 
But we could also do with knowing a sort of map of the whole train. In the past, I have managed to share vision with people, Pokemon. I could try to do the same thing again. You know, fly around the train, see if there's a good vantage point for us. I can't fly into places, but at least we'll have a good idea about what to expect. I like it, Kenny. But again, as I said before, we need to be careful with your with your powers. You know, because this train don't look that pleasantly on poker-powered people, as we've discovered, much to my detriment. And obviously the other lady, who we don't know where she's been taken. Maybe that's another thing we have to... I don't really want to leave this lady to get taken away. Where's she gone? We don't know that either. So we need... I like this map of the train. We need it. We need it. I feel like while we're in this medic cart, that's a pretty good place to do that. It's better here than you know, around other passengers. And if I've got you two next to me, it might be all right. As we said before, it's probably best not to split up too much this Mm. time. We're stronger together, right? Right. And we're safe except for inspections, basically. That's the real problem. So as long as we keep keep aware of those, I think we're... We should be okay. Yeah. And also, if I do get captured, I'll go to the same place with that psychic lady and... We'll save both me and her, so silver linings and all that. Okay, okay. so we'll base a plan on Kenny getting captured. (laughs) It's worked for us every other episode. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to do this, try and get this map of the train. Let's go for it. Right, how do we get out? Do I, is there a door? Do I push push a button? That's just another holiday picture. Why is that, why does that keep coming up? (laughs) Stop. Every time I push a button, another holiday picture comes up. Very, very easy to leave, Brandy. You just have to say, I love Pete eight times. Into my ear. I don't... That's that's all you have to do. Kenny? I've actually never voluntarily left this place. You might be right. (laughs) Ugh. I love Pete. 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 Ah, you're still here. God damn it, Pete! (laughs) Did I say eight? I meant twelve. No, I'm not saying it anymore. (laughs) That's clearly not the way to leave. You're the worst. Brandy, Brandy, you find a button. There's a, there's a small, there is a small button that sort of arises from the the, the weird misty floor, like a shh, uh, nice, a sort of red press me. Okay, well this must be the exit door. So thank you very much, Pete. Thank you very much, uh, Tuki. All right, Theo, Kenny, here we go. Click. And you press, you press the button. It indents. There's a moment, a second of hiatus, and then suddenly there's this like shudder on the floor. And sort of Pete, Pete and Tuki are looking at each other like, did, did you do that? I didn't do that. Did you? Did you make that? What? Who? Who's? And as they're sort of arguing a little bit, there's a shuddering on the floor and this sort of plinth um, rises up from the middle of the floor. And it's a black pillar. It looks like a sort of thumb of blackness. And as it reaches sort of midriff height, the black just peels away. What a rich soundscape. <laughs> no, it peels back and there's an egg in the middle. And as you as you all slowly approach it, you realise there's something written on the egg. Scrawled almost hurriedly. And it just says, 
for Kenny. And Kenny, you recognise the handwriting, and it's the same handwriting that wrote the note, Find Theo. Well done, Stu. I Mm. love it. I love it. Yeah, great way to write yourself into a narrative corner there, Stu. Love it. It's the J.J. Abrams style. (laughs) (laughs) Another unsolvable mystery. But it's the same mystery, I think. I think. (laughs) They're connected. It's fine. It's connected, yeah. I think I have to take this. I don't really know what it is or what it'll be, but who's fork? Who's fork? Any? You turn, you turn, the, you turn the egg around. You can just see Pete behind it, writing also for Pete. No, Pete. You need to learn. <laughs> just like scribbling on the back. That no, no, Pete. Down, down. Bad, bad boy. No, down, down. A squirt bottle appears in your hands, Kenny. That, that, don't make me use this. You know I don't want to do this, but it's my wrong Pete, no Trees down. seem to be sprouting around. What's going on? Black trees. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take us into the real world now and hope this doesn't dematerialise. All right, guys, let's go. I've been trying to go. I've got, When you say come on, there's nowhere to go. Whoa! So I want Brandy to have been trying for about five minutes in vain and Kenny just goes, bye, and they're in the real world. Great, okay, fun, fun. Okay, so you're back, and you've been ostensibly sleeping on this bench, uh, you know, heads on each other's shoulders. Brandy's drooled a little bit on Theo's suit, and is trying to awkwardly not reference it. Theo's just like, I'm going to store this away for the exact moment. Theo, I think there's a drip in here or something. I don't know, something is on your, I don't know. There's definitely a drip in here, yeah. Blissy, I think there's a leak or so, I don't know, maybe you need to sort that out. Blissy! Blissy! As you come round from the Mime Palace, you see uh, Robin... Um, is there and she just she's just been sort of pottering about doing her stuff but she sees you come too and she's like oh you're awake listen I I uh, I, I understand that obviously it's it's stressful when um, a friend of yours goes through something but I'm really glad that you took this time to, to rest um, Brandy and obviously you've got supportive people with you um, but yes please please don't push yourself you understand that you, you've been through something traumatic all right and you know if you want to sleep on a bench you can but we do have a bed for you it's all right. I think, I, honestly, I feel a lot better. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your concern. And yes, we're just a very supportive group of friends who sleep on each other. Don't worry. We'll look after her. Why are you saying that weird? You're making me think like you're going to feed her badly. No, we'll look after her. What, <laughs> right. what, what's, no, what is that? Okay. What is that? No, that's because that's a strange thing to say. I'm not ten. I'm not ten. They're not my carers. They're not my minders. I, yeah, she, I mean, I, can I mean, feed if, if anything, if anything, she's she's like triple your ages. Like what? Well, okay. Well, I'm not triple my. Okay, Robin. I thought you were a nice person, and then it's, it's, I am it's a nice. Right. Pa- no, how old are you? Wait, let me check your chart. Oh my god, I am. Wow. Uh, goodness me, I'm very embarrassed. And Robin, Robin goes very red. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's um. Robin, could we have the carriage? We'd like to stay here if that's okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously this isn't uh, this isn't a passenger carriage, so you can't you can't be here for too long. Well, I think of someone of my advanced age, you'd give a little bit of leeway. Am I right, Robin? <laughs> Robin, Robin just looks really, really kind of like scared in that moment and sort of backs up slowly back into one of the wards. Okay, Kenny, do you think? All right, Kenny's going to use some poker powers. Okay, 
Now, is this is this is this a poker power that you've you've listed in your in your list of power plays? It has not, but it could possibly become one. How, when do we decide? When do we decide when when to like make it a real a real deal? When there's a good kind of narrative moment to do it. So I would say that like maybe Kenny mastered you know got a power play when him and Th- uh, Theo had that moment in the prison cell with Hillary and stuff and learned a bit more about you know, Kenny's powers, okay. that'd kind of be a good moment to go, okay, Kenny now has some more understanding and can control one or two So we, we wouldn't say just, just like now, he now is making one. Unless maybe he does it well, and then it becomes one. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe okay. like, doing this well or doing this badly could mean it could become one, but I think I'd need a scene with someone that could either, like, improve my knowledge of it, and then it could become okay, a power great. play, but not one right now, no. Great, so you, you go up to the window of the medical car, what what uh what flying Pokemon do you see out of the window as your sort of target? Um, a male combi. <laughs> I don't I don't hate it. <laughs> okay, you, you see a swarm of male combi. Maybe they've maybe they've made a nest in like part of the uh, the upper roof of the train. I mean, Theo, obviously you're the combi expert, so you would know what they were feeding on and and why they were here and why they decided to attach to a high speed train uh, and why that was good for their environment. Uh, but obviously, it makes sense. Uh, but yes, you see, you see uh, quite a few male combi out uh, out this window, um, and they seem to be sticking close to the tra- trajectory of the train. Okay, I'm gonna say to Theo, Theo, I never thought I'd say this, but I need you to tell me everything you know about male combis. I hope you've got three hours spare. <laughs> <laughs> and then, whilst Theo drones on, can you allow us those words to permeate his mind and get into the mindset of a male combi? All right. I guess we I guess we roll. Here we go. It's I'm rolling weird and I'm a plus 2 to weird. I rolled a 6 plus 2 is an 8. 8. Excellent. So does it it's not a power play so there's no specific Yeah. No, there is a glitch, but Okay. All right. All right. I think I've got an idea for a glitch. Kenny, you 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 warg yourself into this male combi. You've used Theo's droning um to get you into this this weird place and it happens almost you didn't realize you'd done it yet and then you sort of open your eyes and you're you're there and it brings you back to that moment in Ratuno Forest where you you walked into um into Bowtie. So you go into this male combi, you've got those hexagonal eyes, I think, you know, those those classic uh, Jeff Goldblum in the fly bug eye view. You're looking around your insect eyes, you can look around, you see loads of other combi around you. You you know, you you're flapping your wings. That feels very natural to you. You've got your uh Do they have hands? I don't think they've got hands. They're just wings and three Faces. They use the bottom face as a hand. That's uh, common knowledge <laughs> amongst us scholars. It's known as the hand face. <laughs> so Kenny, you you are in there and you 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 know you're moving your wings. You're feeling pretty good about it. You're like, yeah, okay, I made it. I made it into the combi. This is excellent. And um, yeah, that you don't have any appendages or limbs or anything. So you're just looking around these little these little black beady eyes. Um, and then you hear a voice above you. Ah! What's going on? <laughs> and and another voice also above you. All of my research was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny, you realise the glitch is, yes, you succeeded in walking into the combi, but you also succeeded in walking Theo and Brandy into the combi <laughs> as well. So if you were to look at it from the outside, you'd see all the three combi faces, but they'd have distinctive, like, the haircuts yeah. or, like, something distinguishing from each of the characters to show which face is which. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Blissai! Blissai! Hot Chun! 
Falling, 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 falling. Yes, Where sir. are you? Back Where are you, cadets? Get in line, get in line. Today's the day. Today's the day we've all been waiting for. It is midsection day. You will climb that midsection. You Hoorah. will dive down into that midsection. Sir, yes, you sir. will you will you will do the midsection a service that you've always wanted to do. Do this not for me, not for your country, but for the midsection itself. Are you ready, cadets? I don't think I'm ready, sir. So yes, sir. Ready, you better sir, be yes, ready. Get the hell out of there. Hi, welcome to the midsection. <laughs> Hi, welcome indeed. We are actually going to do something a little bit different with the midsection today. We came up with a new addition to our system um, and Stu kind of took the lead on that one. Stu created something called the Create an Advantage move. Stu, would you like to get a little overview of how it came to be? We'll sort of save the mechanics maybe for how it happens in-game, but would you like to take it away with sort of why we came up with this and what we kind of want from it in the podcast. Sure thing. I have been very excited for this session. I don't know. I think I thought last one was, was very exciting and set up some fun things. But also, like, this, this mechanical thing had, had been bugging me since, since the hoity-toity episode. And what we've created here might be absolute nonsense. Remember how we said at the start of season two that we had solidified our system and it was, it was ready to go? You'll be shocked to understand, listeners, that that was not the case. And we've, we've run into some teething issues, which I think is to be expected, because we've basically... I say we've hacked Monster of the Week. We, we destroyed Monster of the Week, and we are building it back up piece by piece. And obviously the most difficult, complex part of uh, the Pokemon world to translate into um, some kind of crunch-light PBTA system is obviously the combat. And we've kind of... You know, we've had some... Some mild successes. I think you know there were a couple of couple of fights in uh, the payback arc, um, which seemed quite satisfying. But I think we did a full. It was a proper trainer battle between um, between Theo and Hoity Toity in the daycare car. And I think a couple of a couple of issues were thrown up. One of which was the fact that Swaddle used a uh, swagger move, um, which is fine. You know, totally within Swaddle's rights to do that. We don't don't hold this against Swaddle in any way. Well, the fact that Swaddle has is, a swagger is yet to be isn't. explained, but. <laughs> It's still a mystery. Because Swaddle, as we established to start with, was an attractive prospect to Theo because Swaddle's moves were all weird stat buff moves. Yeah, and it's never, it's never been, we've never delved deep into why this, you know, stratistician? No, Tom, you got it in one. You got it in one. We had Swaddle use Swagger, which is uh, a move that wasn't really covered in any of our, our current rule sets. So we kind of tried to make it work by giving Theo a little advantage in their next thing, but it, it all felt a little bit, you know, make it up on the fly weird for us, I know. So we've added a new move, which may come into play or may not today or another time, called Create an Advantage. So if and when that comes up, we, we might explain that more. And we've also tweaked combat a little bit to uh, make things a little bit clearer. Uh, we've given a, we've given the Pokemon a few more kind of concrete stats. We know a bit more about how that's calculated, which seems to still be able to be done really quickly. And theoretically, still fights will take a short amount of time, but you know have some stakes and excitement to them. Which is the that's that's where we want to be. That's that sweet zone. And I think okay, it goes it goes against that initial philosophy that I had when I was making Pokemonster of the Week, which was like, no stats, we just throw away the games, throw them away, but I think Pokemon is a game about monsters of different specialities and 
power levels fighting against each other. And, and one of the joys of Pokemon is seeing your own Pokemon get better at that. And I think if you take that away entirely, if you say you're just a flat level at all times, this Pokemon isn't necessarily better than that Pokemon, then where's the joy in capturing a new one? Where's the joy in seeing your one evolve um, other than, you know, having it narratively look cool? So hopefully, fingers crossed, and I make no guarantees because Gary Gygax, I am not, we have something here that will serve some kind of purpose. Obviously, I've just given an overview here. There is so much more to the system. If people are really interested, they can they can always email us and be like, hey, I want the numbers, and we can send that to you. We're working towards a place where we have a system that we could like release as a whole. It's definitely not there yet, but we're working towards that place. But if you in the in the meantime, if you're still like looking to you know try try bits out of it or whatever and see if it, it works for you, we are very happy to send that to you. And of course, when it comes up in the game, we will explain it more and you can hear about it in situ, which will hopefully be more useful. But I am I am excited to try this out live because uh, I, f- I feel like it'll be it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting for me, and if I'm having fun. Then we're all having fun. Thanks very much, Stu. And if you want to get in touch directly with us, please email us at criticalditto at gmail.com or on Twitter at criticalditto. Or, of course, join us on the Discord. Sergeant Tom, Sergeant Tom, I made it! You made it. You made it past the first midsection, but now we've got to get to the end of the midsection. There's still more to go. Quick, What happens when four DMs who never get a chance to play become friends? Well, they all take turns DMing for each other in their own stories. Cameron from the Coventry Podcast, Rich and Cam from Filling in the Gaps, and the one and only Adam from the Roaring Trainers have joined forces to start the DM's Treehouse. Join us up in the Treehouse for Pokeworld, a game run by Adam where the players play as Pokemon, The West, a game run by Cam, which is a cowboy-style game set in an alternate timeline world, the Ascent, a traditional D&D game run by myself, Rich, and Heritage, a teenage superhero game run by Cameron that will make you feel like never before. At the end of the day, we're four great friends and great DMs having a good time, and we hope you guys will too. You can join us up in the treehouse by finding us on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts by searching The DM's Treehouse. It's Blissey! Um, right, so we rejoin the action with um, a male combi flying innocently <laughs> next to the Dorient Express. Um, going about its day, just buzzing around, combi, 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 combi. you know, looking to, looking to get some nectar from the, the sweet, sweet train flowers that grow on the roof. But suddenly, Combi feels itself pushed out of its own brain as Kenny, Theo, and Brandy enter the Combi simultaneously. Kenny, attempting to do this, had seemingly not realised that in bringing Brandy and Theo into the Mind Palace with him, there was still some residual spiritual connection, and they had also come with him into the Combi. So, three protagonists, you find yourself inside a Combi, what do you do? Oh, oh, oh no, no, flap! Flap your wings! 
Flapping. Which one am I? Which one am I flapping? It doesn't matter. Just Theo, flap. Theo and Theo and Brandy, you you each you each control separate wings. Okay, I flap my wing. I also flap my wing, but I do it in a way that I think is how a combi flaps the wing, and it actually ends up causing such a such a wild yeah. difference in speed <laughs> that we just go. Well, this is the trouble. The this bakery. is the trouble, Theo. You're a theoretical combi scientist, and not a practical combi scientist. <laughs> Brandy is just flapping the wing like a like she's seen a bird, like she's seen a pid of flap a wing just up down up and so down it's, it's very it's very erratic oh, it's very crazy da, 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 da. i think i think a couple of a couple of combies come over and can you can you understand them can you understand the combies if you're in combi body yeah because <laughs> rowlet was able to understand smartlet right yeah i suppose so i suppose so good shout good shout all right so two other combi come over actually one other he's got three heads i don't need to do six characters <laughs> jeez <laughs> oh <laughs> um and they go they go ah all right, Jason. Jason, are you are you okay? You're flying weird there, buddy. Hello, friend. <laughs> nope, nothing to see here. <laughs> We're just my name's my name's William. You know this. You know this, Jace. I do know this, William, from our many years of friendship. Billy Billy Bumblebee. They they call me Billy mm. Billy Bumble Bumble Bum. I yep. remember the time when we. T- yeah, tell me. I, I like this memory. Oh, remember the time in the field. In the field, in and the we field and we saw the we saw the. With the nectar, and With then we, no. and then we, Jason, buddy. No, remember the time? I think I, there's there's something weird about you, buddy. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. You know what? Hay fever, ironically, because I'm a bee. Really quite allergic to pollen. There's a lot of it. You know what, Billy? You know what? Jog on. We don't need you. We don't need you here. We don't need your. We don't need your attitude right now. Okay, jog on. Wait, Brandy, Brandy. I can talk the language of these combis. I will solve this problem. Ah, okay. Theo, thank God you've studied them for so long. I'm sure anything you say word now will be helpful and correct. Salutations, William the Mail Combi. I, <laughs> I, Jason, speak to you as one of the other servants of our queen, Vespiquen. <laughs> Please, let me carry upon my pollination of this. Theo's face looks down. Train. And uh, be on my way. Thank Jason, you. Jason, did you have some weird nectar or something? Because this is, I mean... Aha! I've caught you out. Copies don't eat nectar. They eat... Oh, no. We do eat, we do eat nectar. Oh. <laughs> my time to shine and I'm throwing it away. Listen, are you in trouble? Is there a problem here? You know, it's really funny. Like, you're never going to guess, but I think I would have, like, knocked my head on the train or something. I just forgot how to fly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Imagine I knew. You hurt, your, you hurt one of your, your multiple heads. I knew I knew something was up. Right. Right. I mean, uh, so could you just, like, really quickly show us how? Just to really, you know, oh, for old times to, sake. To fly. Quick. Yeah, like a cow too. Okay, I mean it's very instinctual for me, for me, Jace. But I, I just sort of I flap my two tiny transparent rings, and uh, and I just I sort of do them at the same time, as opposed to whatever whatever is happening. It looks like one of them is whisking a cake, and the other one seems to be building some kind of bridge. Um, Theo wishes they had their notebook. If you could just kind of synchronize them, Jace, then maybe maybe we'd be okay. How did he? How did he know? I was thinking about building a bridge while I was flapping my wings. That's that's amazing. That's the great knowledge of the male combi, Brandy. That's, that's... Anyway, yeah. All right. So yeah, give it a go. And why don't you? Why? Okay, we're gonna roll this. We're gonna roll okay. this. Okay. How about how about I count out a rhythm and the other two combis flap at the same time? All right. So I guess this is Kenny's check then. Oh no. Okay. Why? So <laughs> why did I? I was trying to help. That was it. Kenny, you are rolling. Plus cool. Oh, God. Okay. 
I'm a plus one in cool, and I rolled a ten, so that makes that an eleven. Mm. We nice. we fly. Can you lay down this sick sick beat for us, please? Hi, gang. Ali here. So, I don't know if any of you have ever tried to create music over Zoom before, but it's fair to say that we, as a four, were absolutely terrible at it. The combination of different tempos and internet speeds led to something truly, truly abhorrent. However, I did my best to salvage it and came up with what you're about to hear. If you wish to hear the unedited version, make sure you listen to this episode till the very, very end. But till then... Beloved listeners of Critical Ditto, David, Top, Stu, and Ali now present to you what we like to call the Combi Flab Boom, flap, a boom, boom, flap, boom, flap, a boom, boom, flap, buzz, buzz, flap, a boom, boom, flap, boom, flap, a boom, flap, flap, a boom, boom, flap, boom. Flap, a boom, boom, flap, flap, a boom, boom, flap, boom, flap, a boom, boom, Yo, I'm a Billy, I'm a combi man, flying by a train, and I'm known we stand. This Jason, he's trying to fly, forgot about it, what a silly guy. Sucking on nectar, bumped his head, now here we are, he could be dead, but I saved him. I'm teaching him now, I'm a teacher, you got the know how. Oh, William, the rapping combi is me. Mic drop. No, don't drop it. We're really high up. <laughs> oh, I lost my mic. Oh, no. <laughs> really reminded me of that famous rapper, Childish Combino. Nice. Very good, oh, David. Oh, that is so good. Thank you. Anyway, yes. So, yeah, you managed to really, really successfully fly. And actually, you've sort of shaken off uh, any any doubts that um, that Billy might have had about you being a, a combi fraud. Which is which is a serious issue for combi nests. So yeah, you're passing now as Jason the combi. What do you want to do? Okay, team, let's let's do that recon. In many ways, this is useful because I don't have to relay any information. We can all just see it, and we can just fly. So yeah, we fly around the train and see what we see. I suppose. D- would this be classed as a checker place out? I guess so. Who is lead spotter on this particular endeavor? We had Th- Theo. I'll do it's it. It's Theo's car, I guess. Yeah, I think that makes most sense. You know, Theo identified the church car. Yeah, Theo would know what to look for. Yeah. Okay. Let's Great. have a look. So you're rolling for checker place out, plus sharp, which I imagine is pretty good for Theo. I'm plus two for sharp, so fingers crossed. Very good. Okay. Roll. Hey! Oh, Got a 12! Amazing. Bam. Okay. God, these rolls today. So you get to ask two questions of the following. Okay, so the questions I could potentially ask uh, about uh, our search for the church car are, what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What Pokemon is nearby? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? And who what is really in control here? Or what here is not what it appears to be? So there's quite a few there that could be useful in this situation. Yeah, very useful. Yeah, so I'm going to go with what here is useful or valuable to me. And also, what is about to happen? So you're flying around the church car. 
the church car is very tall, it's, it's three levels. As you fly in combi form outside the window of the public sector of the train car, you notice a small opening in the hull of the train above you. It looks tiny, far too small to be anything other than a crack, but perfectly traversable for a combi. You enter the crack and follow it through. It twists and turns for a while before opening out. You are now inside the church train carriage, undetected, a combi on the wall. But the space you are in does not look like the open public sector you saw before. This area looks highly sealed off and appears to be for transporting prisoners of the church. Several of the cells are occupied in this area. One is occupied by Calico, the Nautilus agent you apprehended and handed over to the Paladin Labon at the Sephiroth tree. He lounges forlornly on a pull too. Another is occupied by a female, dressed in red and white striped civilian clothing. She has heavily tanned skin and a high ponytail of thickly matted hair. She sits quietly in the corner of her cell. On the other side of the room are three more cells. From your vantage point, you see something awful happening in the cell immediately below you. An unidentified person in church acolyte robes is in the clutches of a vicious squid-like Pokemon, Malamar. Their disgusting tentacles are wrapped around this poor church member's head and seem to be sucking something out. Inside the same cell, a small, young-looking female with bright blonde hair and freckles looks on silently. She wears black robes and a hood that bears an insignia of the Church of Slaslow. What is most valuable to you, Theo? You see in the next cell along. Your mentor, from Surfloat Tower, the wise and kind fellow I-ranking church member, Canaan. Canaan leans on their cane and stands aghast at the sight befalling them in the cell next door. Cowering beside Canaan is the long white-haired figure of Hillary, the excommunicated church member who had passed on forbidden knowledge to you in the Pyrenial Obelisk only yesterday. The look of abject terror on both their faces is ghastly. The Malamar and young-robed female seem to finish with the unnamed church member and discard their ragdoll body. They collapse silently. As to what is about to happen, Theo, you see all too plainly. As the young robed figure unlocks Kanan and Hillary's cell and motions Malamar to repeat its treatment on these two unfortunate souls. What do you do? My sort of thought process is that we just like the thought process would be to distract like the thing that we can do is attack either the Malamar or this girl but that doesn't feel like the Theo thing to do that just feels like the what do we do with the resources that we have in this particular situation which is that we're a Pokemon oh my god that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) well also like we have a kind of the three of us have a sort of hive mind mentality right now you know we are all the same consciousness we can discuss battles and tactics and everything in the blink of an eye because we are sharing one mind Stu Stu, tell us right now does the combi that we inhabited have a focus sash (laughs) could do we don't know we don't know about Jason's life before this we don't know (laughs) that's the thing hyper competitive high competitive Pokemon Jason uh, virtual gaming basically Jason's Jason's idea was always to try and get inside the S-Class trainer lounge and just have someone catch him almost by accident oh bless him so he's got this focus sash on ready ready for the day where 
you know, he suddenly becomes useful to a very powerful trainer. The the sort of immediate impulse course of action that Theo maybe a couple of arcs ago would be commanding would be that we attack the Malamar, that we do something to intervene in that situation. But Theo's been on a journey. Theo is thinking about what the best strategy in the room is, and that is not to attack a Pokemon that is because he doesn't know that because because they don't know the EVs and IVs of this particular male combi they're not going to try and attack this Malamar so the best thing is to free Kanan and Hillary two competent Pokemon trainers of their own accord who who Theo has seen battle many times who who helped give them the Togekiss and so I think Theo is going to go as combi to attack the lock of uh of Hillary and Kanan's cage and we'll help I'll aim Left. A little bit to the left. Too far left. Stop. Up. Now. Perfect. So you're going to try and attack the lock on the cage? Yes. Break open the cage. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. I think, I think, I think we'll call this, we'll, we'll just call this an act under pressure roll. Okay. So I need you to roll plus cool. Okay. So I'm a plus one for cool. Nine. Hey. That's nine. a three, a five, and a plus one for nine. Great. Okay. And did you, did you say you, you wanted to try and help Kenny? Well, I think both Brendy and Kenny, but yes, we are. Well, you can you can you can roll to help if you want. Ali, do you want to roll one d six and I'll roll another d six? Yeah, that's a nice idea. Okay, great. And I think it's plus bond, so I think you both have one bond with Theo, right? You're two d six plus one. Okay, I got a four. I got a three. Seven plus eight. Great. So, help hinder on her seven to eight. You give them plus one minus one. Nice. Great. So you could give them plus one, take them up to a ten. Boom. Yeah. No, I think we'll save it for later. We'll wait. Oh, okay. We're gonna hold it. <laughs> Great, it's a full success. Okay, so Theo. Theo, as Combehead A, describe to me how, how this lock breaks on the cage and how this Combe achieves it. A, a sort of bug buzz-esque attack. So I think that uh, Theo, using this great knowledge of the of the depths that a Combe's moveset can plumb, begins to produce a kind of perfect sort of Schumann vibration as as one of the heads of the Combe, which... Uh, which Kenny and Brandy join in on, and that sort of manifests into a kind of olive green sort of wave of energy around uh, the combi, which shoots out and shatters the lock of this cage. Love it. We've, we've, we were so in sync with the flying that it's sort of carried on into mm. the attacks. We're in that similar mm. sync. We mm. won't do the rap again. Are you sure? You don't want to do a battle rap? I'm sure. Because we're, we're sure. bug buzzing. We're flying and flubbing. Shooting what we out. said we did not want to do the rap. Did not oh. railroad us into oh, a rap. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, the lock bursts open on this cage door, and all three characters uh, and the Malamar, obviously, who are in the cage currently, react to this sudden change in events. Some with surprise and shock, others with, you know, a potential hope that maybe they'd lost. I don't know if they see the combi having having achieved this action because this combi is flying in, it's flitting, it's small, um, but they now know that the cage door is open. Kanan and Hillary sort of try to dash towards the the open door as fast as they can. The Malamar lashes out uh, a tentacle, and unfortunately, Kanan is a little bit slower, a little bit more aged than Hillary. I think Hillary a little bit more sprightly on their feet. They're like, oh, Kanan, the door, go!" and dashes towards the door. Kanan a little bit slower. Oh, yeah, oh, of course, a little bit slower is getting towards the door, but this tentacle gets around their ankle oh, and pulls them down. And this this cloaked black robed figure, this young feminine presence, sees Hillary dashing out but realises they have Kanan, motions to Malamar to handle Kanan, and she goes after uh, Hillary herself, pulling out uh, some kind of some kind of device. It looked 
It looks like this large launcher, almost tubular in shape, with some kind of tank on the top and some several tubes lying at the back. And you can see, as she removes it from her robes, going after Hillary, you can see a small pilot light flickering at the front of the tube. Okay, Combi team, what do you do? Okay, so we've got a sort of flat choice of stopping the woman with the gun or trying to do something on the Malamar. Yeah. Theo... How good is this tiny little bee going to be against a terrifying squid monster? Well, you know I love me a male combi, but I don't I don't wager our odds as being very good. But the question is, which one of these two is going to be more capable at helping themselves out? Is it going to be Kanan or is it going to be Hillary? But then, oh, but then a Malamar... You need to make a decision, Theo. We'll go with you on either one, but we're going to need to do something. Theo sees between the two of them that a real utilitarian part of Theo's mind takes over, a part of their mind that we've seen a couple of times before, and Theo thinks, I already know everything I can get from Hillary, but I don't know everything that I can get from Kanan. And I think Theo also thinks we don't need to attack the full Malamar, we just need to just need to get that tentacle off Kanan. As long as Kanan's free, then maybe Kanan can escape as well, and that'll distract the woman's attention, and then that'll sort of set everything off. So I think Theo's decision is to try and attack the tentacle of the Malamar so that they relinquish uh, Kanan. Okay, so you're going, you're going with the Kanan roll. You got it, buddy. We're with you. I mean, it's a good type advantage. <laughs> do we think Do we think this is a kick some frost, lass? Do some damage? I think so. I think let's so. go. What other we, do you know what? What other option could it yeah, be? Yeah, let's do it because we've been we've been waiting for this we've been waiting for this move to come up. I think we're I think we're now engaged. I think we're now engaging the Malamar in a fight. In a fight, to great. Be honest. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's and, do you know, it. Hopefully, if we lose, we don't all three of us die. Um, <laughs> oh no! You know, I just I'm I just playing... looked at Combi's stats. They are bad. <laughs> oh no! I'm playing that if we die, we all get launched back into our real bodies. Yeah, that's yeah. the game. Brandy's hoping. Oh yeah. Yeah, this isn't the Matrix. Um, Ali, this has never happened to yes, Kenny. He's like, we do. We absolutely do. <laughs> you did not die while in Rowlet <laughs> form. Uh, okay, right. Let's roll it then. Okay, so we're going to roll Kicks and Frost, lass. So you're you're going for uh, for the tentacle with another another bug buzzy? Yeah, yeah. I think that's our best option. Yeah. Okay, so it's a special move. Now, Combi's special attack is 30. Going with Ali's stats, that gives you zero. Okay, that's all right. It's that's a flat, a flat zero, flat so it's roll. just a flat roll. So here we go. Come on, Theo. Oh, okay. Can we do anything to help? I feel yeah, like we're the. I feel like we're the combi now. I feel like the combi is now a collective. It's a collective okay. thing now. We've got collective stats yeah. as a combi. I'm gonna roll that dice. <gasps> oh, okay. A nine. So unfortunately, there's no plus. That's a shame because if you got one more, you would have dealt damage without taking any return. I tried to make us help, but you said no. <laughs> I said no, and I stick with that um, because this is this is how the dice fall. But that's fine. So we're going to wor- work out what Combi's damage is Actually, now. Actually, this might work out perfectly because we could do enough damage to the Malamar to knock it out but it'll hit us back and we'll never know what actually happens in the scene. Well, that's, oh. that's I kind of I think that might be what That'd happened. Be ideal. You hit you hit with a bug move, right? This was a bug yeah. move. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's four that's four times effective against the Malamar. Mm-hmm. Very effective. It's so, a, it's a super so it's a plus. Uh, so sorry Stu, tell us how you're going to work out this conflict. So here we have this is how we work it out. Plus 1 damage for each evolution the pokemon has experienced. Um, so this combi is at stage one, unfortunately, so it's only a plus one. So plus one damage. Hey, whoa, you just said that Jason had lived, man. <laughs> I said he wanted to be powerful. I didn't say he was. <laughs> so it's plus one. For, so he's a stage one. He's not a higher evolution tier than the Malamar, unfortunately. 
But he is using a super effective move. It's doubly effective, so it's plus two. Are we? Are we not? Do we not take a minus because we're a stage down? You do from you do? Box. So it's plus three, but then it's minus one because you're a lower stage. So plus two, okay. and then you're going to roll a d4, and I'm just going to find Malamar's HP. David, do you want to roll the d4? I'd love some things more. Okay, d4. Come on, it's a four. <laughs> you're joking. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yes. Oh yes. Get in there. Six damage. You're doing six damage to Malamar. Malamar's HP, going with Ali's original system, is plus two, defense, plus two, special, plus two. It's six. It's six. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, great. Um... Right, so right, right, folks, right. we rolled a d4 because everyone, you add up the pluses and minuses first to find out your sort of base damage, and then you add a d4, which is our sort of wild card where you can sort of, you know, increase your damage by four, as we've done. It's essentially a critical yeah. hit. Basically. Yeah, and boy, was this card wild. Yeah. Oh, so the Malamar, the, meanwhile, the Malamar's damage it does back to you as it's lashing out does. So it's a stage. It's a stage two. So plus two. It is higher than Combi, plus three. It's not using a super effective move. It's just using like a Night Slash or something. So plus three. We're going to roll the D4 for the Malamar. Two. So it, it does five damage, which is not that much, but I think it's enough to knock out Combi because of That's its terrible defensive stats. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you it's enough to knock out Combi probably you know twice. I, I agree, but I'm going to check it because because this is going to be our first fight. I want it to read like real. Two hit points. Two hit points. Oh man. Okay, great. So Theo. Um, as lead head of the Combi in this moment, um, you sort of feel somewhere in the Combi's physiology, somewhere in even in your understanding of Combi, you realise that at some points certain heads take the lead, and you realise that this Theo is your Combi moment. This is your moment to take the lead and make a decision. You you you, you glance at the scene. You see. Hillary being borne down upon by some mysterious figure with some weird flaming contraption, and you see your mental Canaan on the ground trying to fight off this horrible tentacled Malamar, and in that moment you make a decision. Canaan needs your help more. You dive in, bug buzz ready, already primed from the lock-breaking hit, Kenny and Brandy at your side, and you fire the most impressive pulse that this Jason has ever thrown. This was the pulse that he was saving for that S-Class demonstration. And now it's gone, it's wasted. Sorry, Jason. (laughs) You fire at the Malamar's tentacle. The Malamar completely caught off guard, not even seeing this tiny buzzy insect in its peripheral vision, takes the blast. It lashes out almost instinctively with the tentacle that was on Kanan, trying to slice, night slash the combi. And it's almost like there's this collective explosion as this incredibly powerful bug buzz connects with the Malamar. There's a flash of insectoid light. And coming out of this debris and explosion, you all you see as the triple collective combi head is this Malamar tentacle slashing down and knocking out the combi. There is a moment of blackness, of darkness, as you, Brandy, Kenny and Theo are wrenched back into your corporeal bodies in the medical car, all three of you finding yourselves having been staring out of the window in some blind psionic state. You take a breath and realize that something critical has happened elsewhere in the train.
what I love, listeners? When we finish a whole episode and we realise that our three heroes haven't left the bench they started the episode on. It's the Float Souls can achieve so much without standing up. Anywho, thank you ever so much to Michael Sands, the creator of RPG Monster of the Week, the TTRPG, that's tabletop role-playing game, that we have hacked for this podcast. Please check out our Discord for more details, as on there we've uploaded unfinished documents that explain our system in more detail. Thank you also to the brilliant YouTube channel of Glitchek City, and the equally brilliant Braxton Burks and the Material Collective for their albums Canto Symphonies, Johto Legends, and Time and Space. Thank you, of course, to the creators of Pokemon, Junichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri. As much as we'd like it, we have no association with Game Freak Nintendo or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. Final thanks go, as always, to my pals and yours, Stu, Tom and David. And the final, final, final thanks go to my girlfriend, Amy Moore, who featured as Wisma right at the very start of this podcast. Please leave us a review on wherever you find your podcasts, follow us on Twitter, and or join our Discord. Please also stay in tuned for our unedited attempt at the Combi Flap Rap, and try not to judge us too much. Till next time, folks, go out there and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself. Flap,